Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Today I'm joined by somebody who I've known of for quite some time but known also for some time and TJ is somebody who is going to bring to this podcast not just a coach's and a consultant's perspective but also that of a business uh, owner and leader, but also somebody who is recognised for being a champion for being women in business uh, and just doing business well generally. So let me tell you a little bit about TJ. TJ is a dedicated and compassionate business improvement specialist with a genuine passion for helping businesses and their teams thrive. I can assure you listeners that what she says here is true. She has a warm and personable approach and is committed to understanding the unique goals and aspirations of each organization and provide tailored support and guidance. She has experienced firsthand the challenges and pressures of all sorts of things that we face in business and she's undergone a transformative journey. I'm sure she's put these long words in just to test me. From a stressed out director to a serene and fulfilled professional and this Personal transformation fuels her drive to empower others and share her experience and expertise to make a positive impact, uh, not just on their business, but on their team, the people that are leaders in their business, and obviously those that are affected by the business as well. She's got a wealth of knowledge, a diverse skill set, lots of things that she works with, organisational development, process improvement, leadership training, team dynamics, you name it, TJ has got it, and did I mention she's also, from a UK point of view, got an MBE. Now, I know some of you out around the world might think, what on earth is that? But we might hear a little bit more about that later on. We might not. We'll see where it goes. Welcome to today's podcast, TJ. Hello. Thank you. Now, let's let's get started. Let's jump straight in. Let's, we've got lots to cover, so let's get the coffee question out the way. Uh, and when I asked you what you were drinking today, you you... you didn't just tell me what you're drinking you told me what you were drinking it in so tell the listeners what it is that you're drinking and what it is that you're drinking it out of i'm drinking kenko coffee and i've got it in a bucket <laughs> yeah. and and listeners if if you're listening to this on audio it is a bucket yeah i mean it's yeah i like big mugs and that is definitely a big mug of of coffee now i've got a, a little bit of a confession listeners to make on this because I've been out doing some networking this morning and I got there early. So I've ha- I've had about as much coffee as I can take for one day. And I feel like I'm running around the walls at the moment. You know, when you just go to the fairground and see the motorbikes go around the, the wall, that's what I feel like. So I've actually got a big mug of tea just to bring me down a little bit uh, for the rest of the day. So I apologise listeners in advance for the fact that I've let you down on the coffee. But... You mentioned Kenko, TJ. What's, what's your favourite coffee and how do you drink your coffee? Oh, I've got two really. I can't okay. make my mind up when you ask, you know, we've asked that question. I do like Stokes. 
for our local right. hats. Yeah. Um, I do like Costa coffee as well. And Ooh, it's really? always Guinea Americano. Oh, Costa Coffee. Me and you's going to fall out over that then. Yeah, it's Costa Coffee, uh, you know, and for those that aren't in the UK, it's quite a, a large brand. Probably equal, isn't it, in number of locations to Starbucks and some of the other ones that are out there. And I think it used to be owned by Whitbreads. I don't know if it still is owned by Whitbreads, but it used to be owned by a brewery chain. And there's lots of Costa Coffee pods in garages and things like that, listeners. But I find the coffee, I don't know, a little bit bitter and difficult to handle so i might have it if i've got a latte but I, yeah I'm, that's one of the places i try not to go to and it's not because i'm oh i'm a starbucks person or a costa person it's actually i don't like the coffee that much their hot chocolate though is to die for at costa maybe i've just got used to it because they're the most convenient <laughs> yeah and, and they are aren't they certainly around around us unless you go to lincoln because they, they're like Two Starbucks for every one Costa in Lincoln. I've never seen so many Starbucks in a square I think I've gone in, in the past, Starbucks now, it just doesn't seem as hot. And I'm afraid I'm an asbestos man. So I think that's probably got something oh, to do okay. with it as well. Yeah, you see, I, I, I find that sometimes when I have the... Um, I got my free Starbucks drink the other day, so I don't just go for black filter, which is my normal. Uh, I want the, the most expensive and the biggest coffee that they've got. And I had a white mocha and done the Newark Starbucks way because apparently they do it slightly different. Uh, and it was to die for. It really was nice. But like you, I found it just a little bit lukewarm. But I then realised I heard somebody in the queue a couple of weeks ago say, can I have it extra hot? So at Starbucks, if you don't like the sort of lukewarm coffee, ask for it extra hot and they will just let it go a little bit higher on the, on the pressure gauge. There we go. Tip tip for listeners, ask for it extra hot if you want it hot. So I know, obviously, because you know, you're in my, my group program for coaches, uh, you've been undergoing quite a change. And I mentioned that in your bio about transformation. Just give us a, uh, a little bit of an overview. And I don't want to go into the background of, of your business because we'll talk about that later. But give us a little bit of that transformation from being somebody who was a leader in the business and a director in a business to consultant and now at that blend of consultancy and coaching as well. Just give us a little bit of an overview of that transformation. I think being a leader in the business um, and, a, and at board level and because I've worked the way through the business, so I was still one of them as well, which I think very often as a business leader you are. Yep. I was very much here, felt that I had to do everything. So I think the transformation that I've done is what I've recognised is you don't have to do everything. You can do anything, but, you, you know, you rely on your team and having a good team around you. And also having the support. And I've said many, many times, I know I've said it to you, if I'd got somebody like me when I was a director, life would have been so much more enjoyable and easier. And yeah. I wouldn't have felt I'd had to do the 28 hours, eight, eight days a week. Yeah, so... And that's an interesting statement because I know a lot of guests have been coaches and consultants and I know some of the people listening to this will be the same. And we very often, when we have had a coaching, I've been very fortunate to have a coach in all my businesses since you know the very, very early days. So I almost have a no-brainer. Why wouldn't anybody have a coach? Why wouldn't somebody have a mentor, an advisor? Um, why did you not have that help, that that version of you that is now why didn't you have somebody like that back then 
I did engage with somebody. Okay. Obviously, I was just at board level. I could make the decisions for the business, not financially. And I was told it was an expense by the owners. So I okay. had a barrier, really. I wanted it because I'd experienced it a little because I'd gone on a direct development course. And I, I understood it then. But I, I would say I wasn't allowed it. So to those people listening who perhaps are going through that same quandary of, you know, can I afford a TJ? Or can I justify having a TJ in my business? And I know, you know, it's, a, it's a, an objection I've come up with so many times from from prospects you know, that oh, it's a lot of money to pay. Yeah, and, and, and you knowing I've had clients that have paid me fourteen years every single month because they see the value in it. What would you say to those people who perhaps are questioning that that value? I think it's more looked at it as a return on investment about what they're going to bring to you. Um, they're going to develop your staff. They're going to look at things in your business that you can't see because you're seeing it every day. Yeah. Um, they've got a different perspective, different skills that you're not having to pay to train staff up. It's everything that you want encapsulated that is really parachuted into your business. Mm -hmm. And they want the best for you as well, because obviously their um, reputation is built on their results. So they're going to want the best for you as well. And I think you've said something very important there. And anybody who's listening to this who has perhaps had a bad experience with a coach or consultant and he's thinking about going into that, getting help again, the thing I would advise everybody, no matter what coach or what consultant you speak to, make sure you're absolutely clear of what you want to achieve. Make sure you've got clear results because just like in sports, you know, an athlete knows what they want their coach to help them achieve. And they hold them accountable. They hold their coach accountable for delivering those results. And if they don't, then the coach doesn't get retained very long. And we forget that. You know, we, we know the coach will hold us accountable and help make us set results. But we also need to hold them accountable, don't we? And recognise that when we appoint them as well. What are we going to get from it is really, really important. And look at the background and their experience of what they've got to. See yes. if it's aligned to what you want. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So before I go on to the sort of what you've done that's been most significant um, in, in your business at the moment, in Business Glue, tell us a little bit about the, the impact of being a woman in business. And I know you don't just work with women in business, but obviously you do work with some women in business and you work with some men in business. And, and I don't believe that, you know, uh, a male coach can't coach women and women, you know, vice versa. Um, so I'm, you know, like you, I've got a real mix, but as a woman that's being in business, cause I've not been a woman in business, um, I've been a man in business and that has its own problems of its own, but what, what kind of things would you share with us that you have gone through that perhaps you've learnt lessons or looking back, you might do things differently? Yeah, I would say first top of the list is the mum guilt or the wife guilt or yeah. you're rushing out the door you know all you focused on is the business you don't go on holidays you don't have time off you're working at weekends you're checking your phone it's not going to burn down without you and you've got to have a good team around you in order that you know that your business is okay when you're not there yeah. um 
don't ever feel intimidated because you're a woman, which, you know, that's tried me a few times. Yeah. You are as good as a man. Yeah. Um, one thing that I did have say to me a few years ago was they would employ a woman all day long, particularly in an engineering role or something like that, because women are more organized. Now, I wouldn't say that because it would be seen as a woman. But yes, we do tend to juggle things a bit better, but that doesn't make us any better. I don't think you've got to strive to be better. You're just no. the same. You're as good as, I would say. Yeah, and, and I think individuals have different skills. You know, I know very organised women, I know very organised men, I know complete opposites uh, in, in both sort of genres as, as well. And it's, it's interesting you say about the guilt, because I think anybody listening to that, it could be a dad guilt, but also I think every business owner shouldn't feel guilty about it. You know, we were talking just before we hit the recording uh, about you know a financial advisor that you've told to go and do some golf. Now, Golf is okay, listeners. You know, my first business partner, he and I, did split up for various reasons, but one of them was that he decided golf was a good thing for his business. But playing golf nine times a week when you're starting a business with a business partner isn't always a good thing. There is a balance to everything. It's like diet, isn't it? There's a balance. But I think business is important to get that balance. Is there anything else other than that uh, that you want to sort of just share with the listeners about being a woman in business, but also being a woman in an engineering business as well, manufacturing business. Yeah, don't think there's a level that you can't reach. I've experienced and been asked to go and speak to businesses because they recognised that the upper tier management didn't have any women in it at all. And that came down to when I spoke to them, they didn't have the confidence, they didn't feel that that was their place because that was a manufacturing business and they felt that they, it was down to being having the experience of being an engineer or being able to stand at a machine and manufacture. It's nothing like that at all. You can still learn it, you can still know it, and you can still feel it as well. So I don't think there's a cap. No, no, no. I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Do you find that people in your business life have tried to impose a cap on you? Yeah. Uh, and how did you respond to that? Because you know, I, I know how I responded to that when I was quite young in business. Uh, and it was like, you know, you're only 18. Who are you to tell us yeah. you know, what to do? And, you know, and I started my own business when I was 23. How, how have you responded to that cap? I'll show you. So okay. while ever you're pigeonholed into women do finance and HR and stuff that they can file the nails at while they're doing it, <laughs> I've, I've done that as well. So I haven't pushed that aside. I've proved that I've been able to do that, but I've also proved that I've been able to do the other stuff as well. You know, I've been on site. I can do site talk if you want me to. Um, I can put a pair of safety boots on. I can go do site measures, those sort of things. So it was more about not so much I'll show you. It was I can do it. Yeah. And, you know, certainly I, you know, I can echo that uh... But I want to touch on one thing in a moment because you know, I was exactly the same. You know, being young, I thought, right, okay, I'm I'm going to show you that I can do it. So I was on a mission to over-impress. You know, yeah. I was trying to exceed and try and excel at what I was doing, not just to be as good as they expected me to be or as good as I knew I could be, but to, to be better. But don't you think, TJ, that that response, looking back, um, actually causes some problems as well doesn't it because i know for me you know i went into burnout because you know i one business i worked for as an employee i decided to show them that i 
you know, I wasn't young. You know, I was 21. I got a team to manage, and I worked from five o'clock in the morning till two o'clock the next morning, and I survived on about three, four hours sleep, sometimes five hours sleep a night. You know, five days a week for about a year and a half, and it completely wrecked me. So, did I succeed in showing them? Absolutely, I did. But I was in no fit state to take the glory for it afterwards. Again, it's that balance, isn't it? Anything to share with the listeners on that? Yeah, I have got one regret is that I suppose I've missed a lot of my children growing up. Yeah. While ever I tried, and I did succeed in that respect of anything that was happening at school, sports day and things. But I yeah. felt that I was only half there. I was doing it out of duty. I wasn't doing it because I did want to be there, but not in the way that I should have done. And whilst ever I was pushed aside by my dad because it was all about the business, I did follow a little bit in his footsteps and did similar sort of thing. You know, I didn't have maternity leave. If I was ill, I didn't have time off. If they were ill, yeah. I brought them along to the office with me. I didn't give them my full attention that I should have done. So how can the listeners find a better balance than that? Because I, I know what we're talking about here and we're going off topic a little bit uh, for the questions, but this is really important because a lot of business owners are in the same thing. They're working all the hours they can. They're struggling to make ends meet. There's a lot of paying in the hope that one day they'll gain some kind of reward and some kind of pleasure. You know, and Both you and I are on a mission to stop that in, in people's businesses and in people themselves. What would you share with listeners that perhaps could just give them something to think about or do differently? Um, have confidence in the people around you and don't think that you've got to do it all yourself because like I said, the business isn't going to burn down just because you're not there. It's You've still got to get the balance and work on the balance because that is important now. And I I know that more than most now. You know, I feel that I'm not, if I haven't got something to do whilst... I'm still working, I'm still doing things. It's too easy for me now compared to what I did. So it's not, you don't have to be like that. You don't have to be 100 mile an hour and looking for something to do. If you've got the good people around you, let them support you. I was very much if I can do it all myself and you don't need to do that. No, no and I think, uh, yeah, there's lots of lessons to for you listeners to take away from that. So thinking about the business now, business glue, okay, what's the... The thing that you've been working on that's been the most significant for you and what kind of difference has that made to you and to the business? I feel that what I've done is in the beginning I was trying too hard to tell everybody what I've got and what I was doing and how I could do for them. Yep. I'm now actually enjoying my business more um, okay. which has shone through me it's because I've come across I feel more authentic people know me more and it's not in a probably pushing it down their throat and trying to prove so much it's welcoming them on board and it's more of an arm around them as opposed to I can do this and I can sort this for you and it's, yeah. it's perhaps it's not an aggressive approach like I, I felt that maybe I was before you know I've seen they've seen the other side of me they see in my personal life and you know that I'm the crazy animal lady and everything hmm. else that goes with it. Yeah, the dog barking a few minutes ago, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, I was more focused on being this business figure, whereas now, yeah, I'm, I'm still business and I can still do the things for you, but not in such a demanding way, I think. 
Yeah, and, you know, and as you said that there, you know, a couple of words came to mind. It's being the business me. Because being a business figure is what other people expect to see. And I think sometimes that's your perception of what they expect to see, not necessarily their perception. Because I think as coaches and consultants, we try to look how we think our prospects want us to look and behave. Uh, yeah, and I know, listeners, if you follow TJ on social media, you'll see the wacky dogs, things being done at home, sheep, horses, you know, just like I've got at home as, as, as well. And, you know, it's... It's being the best version of you, isn't it? That's what people buy. But also, they don't buy what you do. They buy what difference it makes to them. I think they can resonate with you more a little bit as well. So I I just feel that I've sort of solidified my position now as as recognising improvement. But we can go along and we can have a chat while we're doing it as well. Make it easy for them. Do, Do you think when people are looking for that help and that support that yes they're looking for somebody who has the experience has the knowledge but actually they want to work with somebody who they feel is actually almost living the dream of what they want to have as well so if they see you for example tj sat on the garden meeting a client they said you know what i'd love to do that with my clients do you, you know do you think there's a uh, getting they see that balance that you've got and they want some of that balance for themselves has that been something that you think's attractive people yeah i think the softer approach has definitely worked yeah. what kind of difference well, has it made them um i'm getting most definitely i'm attracting the diverse range of higher quality client okay, um great. different client more yeah. ambitious client what i was getting previously were people that were felt that they were in a rut that they needed getting out of. So I was their savior, if you like, I was their, yeah. their to pair it. Whereas now that sort of welcome me on board and I'm there to handhold them and help them and just somebody to talk to if they want to. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because when I first became a coach and there was a lot of turnaround work, you know, helping businesses that were on the cliff edge, hanging on with their fingernails, pull them back. And whilst it can be great and i've got lots of thank you cards on the wall for saving people's houses and marriages and all sorts but it's actually a really draining job as a coach and a consultant and it's not that enjoyable because yeah it's quite confrontational uh when people are in that situation they've i found that they're very uh, like reactive like animals in a cage they lash out they blame everything else you know it's human behavior and it's not nice to deal with that human behavior sometimes is that something that you've seen change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's begrudgingly and, and they're sort of barking things at you constantly. They're stressed and you take the stress away from them, but then you own that stress. Whereas now, if you're working with the other end of the client where they're ambitious and they're enjoying what they do, but then you can make it even more enjoyable and grow the business and they're just, it's a little bit like kids in a sweet shop. You know, they've got that sort of enthusiasm. So you know you're giving them personal growth but you're getting personal growth yourself as well yeah so if if you were to think about something that's in your bio about looking at holistic solutions that that word always conjures up different meanings so you know you get holistic therapies what do you understand what do you provide in your business that comes under that umbrella of holistic then like I said, I think it's the softer approach. It's not the businessy. It's not the techie. Um, 
for instance, I'd got one client that he'd, he'd had a business for 40 odd years and I knew he didn't understand his accounts and he only got his year end accounts from his accountant. And I did say to him once I'd gained his trust, do you want me to come with you to the accountants, see what it is they tell you? Yeah. I can sort of translate that into a non-busy business technical way for you to understand it. But then we'll also work on what you need to ask from your accountant so that you understand it rather than going through the whole thing see what's important to you and what you benefit in the business and what you need to work towards and it was it was just an eye-opener to them and said yes but i don't think anybody had actually done that or put them in that position because they felt that they should know because they're an md and they've run this business for four years 40 odd years yeah i think you've said something that's critical there about trust isn't it you know you were talking before about business owners and you know letting other people do more trust is such an important part of being in business uh, and having trust of people in you as a leader but very often leaders seek trust but then don't dish it out in equal measure yeah and and that gets in the way of delegation it gets in the way of progress what would you say about building that culture and cultivating an element of trust in business? I think you've got to embrace a growth mindset with a positive mental attitude, because I believe if you've got a positive mental attitude, you're halfway there and people right. will Great. jump on that bandwagon. Yep. And the other thing is develop strong communication skills. I think there's mm. so many businesses that I work with that, the breakdown is communication. They don't understand it or it's bad communication or there's no communication. Yeah. Whereas just a little communication can make such a difference. Yeah. And miscommunication and no communication destroys trust in an instant, doesn't it? You know, because then people are talking behind your back. People are gossiping in a corner. People are agreeing to something in front of you and nodding their head and then going into the corridor and saying something completely different, aren't they? Um, and they're not buying into what, what they're agreeing to either. So yeah, I completely agree. So listeners, communications. So if people want to reach out to you, TJ, and find out more about you, what you do, uh, see some of this sort of authentic uh, storytelling uh, and insight into who you are and how you work, where do people go for that? I have got a website. And I have got a Facebook page, but I think where you're going to get the best of me is on LinkedIn. Okay. Yep. So how do we find you on LinkedIn then? And give us it's the full details because I know, it, you know, <laughs> we need we need to make sure we get the name right that we're searching for. Right. It is Tracy Jane with TJ in brackets. Yep. Duncan Moyer. Me. Okay. So uh, Tracy Jane. So is that Tracy with an E or without an E? Plain Tracy, plain Jane, hyphenated. Okay, so it's hyphenated, Tracy Jane, in brackets, TJ, yep. Duncan, so D-U-N-C-A-N. Hyphen, M-O-I-R. Oh, you love your hyphens, don't you? Yeah. I, mm. I remember saying something, because my, my website has a hyphen. Somebody asked me for my email address, and I said, yeah, it's simon at sterling-coaching.com. And this person went, okay, so it's S-I-M-O-N at... S T I I said no, it's S T E R, and I said, and said so. What did you say? There? I said Sterling Hyphen Coaching dot com. She's right. So that's H Y P. 
<laughs> like, no, it's a dash. Oh, why didn't you say dash then? No, oh, okay. So we got we know where to go, LinkedIn. But yeah. we can we can search for you on Facebook and yeah, give us a website address anyway. I know you're just in the process of having a little bit of an update with a website, but give us a bit yeah. of a, where we go for that. www.businessglue.co.uk Great. So business glue, all one word, no E on the end. It sounds a bit like you're doing the Steve Wright in the afternoon. Uh, dis, <laughs> is it something jocking without the G? So business glue without the E co.uk that's right perfect great so if you could give the the listeners a tip or asking you've already given us some anyway but if you've got one thing that you really want people to take away and do something with what would that be today i would say develop the strong communication i think that is paramount to a business not only to a business to your personal life as well i think it can just it fosters better relationships it avoids miscommunication um it enhances collaboration and it's a powerful tool that impacts your professional and personal life so how how does somebody that's listening to this know that their communication i'm going to answer my own question here because every communication (laughs) needs improving um because we can always improve continuous improvement but for the listeners what would you say tj is a clear sign that communication is broken uh not to the point where it's disastrous but what signs could people look at to know that yeah i really do need to do something with this sooner rather than later people moving away from you not being not communicating back to you because realize that it's not two-way um you'll have silo workers um a downturn in everything around you and it starts to create paranoia it gives a bad bad culture within a business not just with internally but externally as well so with your suppliers your customers and your own team and and the thing i would add to that listeners as well and mike mccallowitz talks about this in his book clockwork if you're giving stuff out to people and they're coming back with lots of questions that's also a good sign that the communication isn't right there because you haven't communicated it clearly and you haven't checked that they've understood it clearly clear and concise yeah and everything you mentioned there is also a great uh, set of tips in patrick lencioni's book five dysfunctions of a team who of course if anybody listening to this knows patrick lencioni or anybody in his team he's one of my top 10 hero authors i want to get on this podcast so please reach out to him and let him know that we want him on this podcast so final question then tj if you're going to have your next coffee in a dream location, now I'm going to stretch you a little bit on it, that's not at home with your animals, <laughs> okay, in a dream location, where would it be and who, and let me rewind this, which of your heroes would you want oh. to be having the coffee with? And they can be dead or alive or passed away. Not dead. Don't right. okay. not, we're not talking about Mr. Edding a box. Right, okay. No, I would say my all time hero is Alwyn Barley. Sadly, we lost him a few years ago. I was introduced to him to a lady who was teaching me ride, and it's her husband. I okay. got friends with them. I didn't know his past until later on in the relationship. 
and I was absolutely blown away that he's ridden for the Queen, he's, he's been in the Royal Cavalry, but he was the most knowledgeable, inspirational, kind person that I've ever known. So, and I just loved spending time with him. Unfortunately, he was terminally ill when we met him, so we only had a few years with him, but the short time that we had with him, times on my own with him, I, I, if I could box that up and keep reliving it, it'd be absolutely amazing. Perfect. So we put it on a loop then, this coffee. And you haven't right. answered the question, dream location. Oh, gosh. In a spa. Nice, serene, quiet spa. And when you say spa, because that means different things to different people around the world, what are, just describe what a spa is in your mind. Ooh, where it's nice sun lounges, it's nice warm, not too hot, because I'm, I'm English, you know, so we don't do too hot. So it's it's nice and warm temperature without being too hot and you're very, very comfortable. People bring in your coffee as you need it, maybe the nice scone or something that goes with it. Or nice so a bit short. of a health resort type thing yeah. where you're being pampered. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere nice, relaxing, serene, as you said in your transformation. And just give yeah. us a guy's name again. Alwyn Varley. There we go. So... Uh, You've been a great guest. You've shared some um, amazing insights. Uh, thank you so much for the time that you've given. I know, like you, this is the middle of the afternoon for me and for you, and the horses are probably going to need something doing. The animals are going to need something doing with them. Thankfully, Angela's out there doing them while I'm talking to you. But thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for having me. And listeners, all you need to do now is go away, leave us a review of this episode, Subscribe so you get future episodes. There's going to be some great guests coming in the final 25 episodes or so after this. So please subscribe so you get notifications of those. And as always, let both TJ and I know what you've done with what you've heard us share. What have you done differently in the week ahead that's had an impact on your life? And how has it made it better for you, other people and your business? We'd love to know that the time that we've spent today has been of benefit to you and that this podcast has made a difference to you, to you as a business person, a leader and to your business as well. And as always, I'll see you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.